today on Ready to Lead. When poor decisions are made, be very careful about these words. Welcome to Ready to Lead, a show that gives you, the leader, tools, tips, and insights you need to grow your team, your company, and yourself. Welcome to another episode of Ready to Lead. I am your host, and joining me as always is Mr. Jeff Mask, uh, my uh, only beloved co-host. Jeff, <laughs> welcome. Thank you. I'm trying to trying to toss it up, trying to keep. I it like in the toes. you mixing it up. I dig it. Yeah, yeah just you, just as I you saw you kind of pause, like, oh, and you're like, yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah. But here we are. Yeah, so here good to be with you again. all. Yes, happy leadership, everyone. <laughs> Hope happy you're all doing leadership. Great. Yeah, it's just how we roll. So yeah, today's going to be a beauty as always, but I'm really excited just from our, you know, quick preparation conversation. This one's going to be one that people take away and go, ah, I can apply this. I can apply that. Yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of people are going to resonate with this and let's just jump right in. I'm going to start with a story to start with kind of a funny, maybe embarrassed, maybe I should be embarrassed. (laughs) I don't know, whatever. So yesterday we're moving offices. There's a furniture, a new furniture piece I ordered that gets delivered. Uh, I'm very excited. Gets here. The guys are great. And they're like, hey, we got some extra time. You want us to put it together for you? And I go, man, that would be awesome because that wasn't part of the original delivery. And and I'm thinking, look at me just winning at life, scoring. Uh, this is great. And the guys are unwrapping it while we're sitting there eating lunch, my business partner and I. And my business partner has a weird look on his face. And I'm looking at him. And he's looking at the guy who has a weird look on his face. And I'm like, uh-oh, the furniture piece is busted. Oh, ah, stuff happens. No big deal. Right. And the guy turns around and goes, man, I'm so sorry. And he was really cool about it, by the way. He's like, dude, I, this, this is terrible. I know everyone's so excited when they get these things and they're broken. He goes, so there's a couple things we can do. One, I can throw it back in the box, put it on the truck, take it back, make sure they ship you another one. No, no harm, no foul. But two, it looks like you got a space for this. It's already ready. I can leave it. It's, it's right there. If you're watching the video, I can leave it. We can get you another one ordered. We'll bring it. We'll take this one away. Or three, I can leave it. We can bring you another one, get it ordered, and you can donate this one. And I went, oh, no. (laughs) I couldn't make a decision. I just didn't. I was like, it was trying to do the most complex equation in my head, and I just couldn't say A, B, or C. Mm -hmm. My business partner was sitting there. I was like, you you decide. (laughs) And that's not me at all. And it was really weird. And he was like, what? I'm like, dude, I don't know what to say. And he was like, so he just kind of takes over and I'd never felt more relief. But then as I'm reflecting and, and even talking to Jeff this morning, I said, it hit me last night, kind of my shutdown process. And, and this morning when I'm reflecting on yesterday and today and saying, what happened? Like, how did I get there? It was no big deal. He was happy to make the decision. Mm-hmm. It was a fine decision to be paralyzed on, but I couldn't make a decision. I'd entered decision fatigue. And that's fine. There's all kinds of things on decision fatigue, how to get there, how to avoid it. That's not what this episode's about. The The thought process was, why am I in decision fatigue? Mm. There's a couple of reasons. One, it could it be that we are just in a season of moves and lots of decisions to be made, and, and, and I was just tapped. Maybe. Two, am I hoarding decisions? Mm. Am I making all of decisions out of control or other reasons, but am I not allowing my leaders, my individual contributors, my peers, my partners to make decisions. And I'm just taking them all on. 
And therein lies the meat of today's episode. As leaders, we walk a fine line. We're charged with making decisions. We need to be decisive. We don't want to be seen as, you know, as, as maybe a weak leader. We don't want to be seen uh, as indecisive, but we don't want to steamroll people. We don't want to be seen as, as someone who, who just takes everything on themselves, makes a decision, barks orders. What is the right mix of those things? How do you know when the decision is yours to be made and to make it decisively? Decisively. Wow. How like do you that. know when to involve other people? always. Uh, but how do you know when to involve other people? How do you know when to delegate that decision, pass that decision off and be a supporting role, uh, maybe a voice of reason, maybe someone to bounce things off of. So there's kind of the, the how we got here in a very organic and you know, mm -hmm. furniture delivery induced conversation. Jeff, I know, as always, uh, when something like this comes up in my life, you're the guy that I turn to. Uh, and we're just lucky enough to be able to do that here. So <laughs> let's talk about how leaders go about making decisions or at least knowing the decisions they should make. Yeah, def definitely. I love it. By the way, great story. And it's so funny when any of us are, when we have that moment of decision fatigue and we just can't decide it, it's, it's a great reminder of, yeah, maybe, maybe I can rethink of how I do this. And mm -hmm. so I'm sure there are many people that are listening. They're like, yeah, I can, I feel that. And also many, many listening going, yeah, when do I know? When do I know when is the quote unquote right time to make the decision? When's the right time to punt? When's the right time to abdicate? Well, I, I'm not sure. And so what, what we'll do today is go through a couple frameworks, a couple ways of thinking, a couple mental models that, that I think will be really helpful. And my biggest desire from this episode is that you come away feeling more confident in your ability to lead, in particular when it comes to making decisions. So let's jump mm -hmm. in. So what I like to do first, you know, I'm going to review a, a simple model that we've already talked about when it came to delegation, and that was the, the delegation decision tree. If you remember that, and that was kind of a micro episode that I recorded. If you remember, the organization is like a tree and there are four types of decisions, leaf, branch, trunk, and root. One thing that's really helpful is, is just sitting with your team and determining what types of categories of decisions do you all make as a team and which ones are really the ones that your team can make without you and so forth so that it can free that free you up and in simultaneously build leaders. That's really a, a, a big method behind that. So that's one framework that I highly recommend you check out. And if you, if you're an image person or, or you know, you like to see visuals, just Google decision tree and you'll see it. Uh, you know, I, I learned from it from fierce conversations I don't know who the origin, who, who designed it, but I think whoever did, because it's awesome, super helpful. So that's one thing we can do. The other thing is, how do I know when it's me that makes the decision? When, you know, do, do, I, do I decide? Is it too much? Is it too little? So there's another one that I like to call the decision continuum. And so what I like to do is just think, where do you, where do you fall on this continuum? There's two extremes. One is, you're more naturally, you make all the decisions. Another one is you more naturally abdicate decisions and let other people, people decide. So real quickly, where do you think you fall as you're listening? Richard and I will do it right now. Um, I fall more toward delegating and abdicating the decision to say, what do you think? Richard, where do you typically fall? Polar opposite. I make them. <laughs> I make them. I mean, and it's, well, here's the weird part uh, for me. One, it's just who I am. I make decisions. I make them quickly. Uh, but two, 
it doesn't come from a place of control, even though I, I have control issues. For me, a lot of the times I make decisions where uh, quickly because I know that I can, like, I can absorb it. If I'm wrong, if it fails, if whatever, I can absorb that. So I'll find mm-hmm. myself almost with a savior complex of like, let me, yeah. let me take this bullet for you in case yeah, this yeah. goes wrong. Right. Even with, with the best of intentions, it's just wrong. 100% of the time, it's wrong to, to make every decision. Right, right. And so just knowing where we stand on that continuum is helpful. And there isn't like, a, oh, you should do it that way. You should just know who you are. And, mm-hmm. and the, the most important part is why. Why do we do that? You, you just alluded to a couple, Richard, I think are really great. Yeah, that's not always Some, why. That, that's right, a good right. why that comes up. For sure. The other why is sure. where I'm, I am controlling it. For sure, right? Some of it is control. Some of it is, is fear, fear of failure, fear of looking like an idiot, fear of something not succeeding. Some of the reasons why are when other people make decisions, they grow in that stress of, man, I'm not so sure. Uh, another reason why is I'm tired. Another reason why is I'm lazy. You know, There's all sorts of reasons why. Understand why we make decisions. Understanding why we make decisions is, in my opinion, really, really imperative in this whole process. Because otherwise, what happens is we start to turn into robots. We, we live life very often in a stupor. We're kind of asleep. We're, we just kind of get, our brains are wired to figure out a pattern and then to go on cruise control. It's the path of least resistance and it's the path of least amount of energy exertion. But when we can rewire our brain and wake ourselves up and be more thoughtful and intentional, all those buzzwords, but it's true, when we can elevate our thinking and decision-making, that is where the good stuff comes. So I would say earlier on in my career, lots of my decisions, the motive behind them was to self-preserve, to look good, and to not fail. That was, I think, if I, when I'm honest, that was really what was going on because I had a lot to prove and didn't want to look bad, didn't want to fail, wanted to move up, blah, 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 blah. The older I got and the more that I realized decision-making is really a leadership development opportunity and tool, the more I realized by making this decision, I'm robbing someone else on the team of growth and I need to step back. And it took some time and I needed to let go of failure. I needed to let go of perception, which is, which is not easy, especially in a really high stress environment where there's a lot on the line. But when we can look at decisions as leadership development opportunities for our teams, I believe it shifts our, our mind frame. It shifts how we think of it. And all of a sudden we elevate people around us in a really powerful way. So just be mindful of where you are on the continuum, why you're there, and don't let the subconscious emotions and thoughts rule why we make certain decisions. I think those are healthy ways to think about it. Richard, what would you add to that? Yeah, I, I love that. And and especially the part about kind of robbing the opportunity. I mean, listen, if you are, you know, a high D, right? If you're decisive, if you mm-hmm. if you make those decisions, if you default to being like, I, I, either I'm really good at it or... <laughs> Maybe I'm not, but I'm really happy to do it. Whatever it is, more than likely, if you're happy to do it, you're pretty good at it, right? If you're, you've got a right. process that you either consciously or subconsciously follow mm-hmm. that allows you to make decisions effectively, efficiently, and just quickly. Um, those are the people who tend to jump in. So for me, as a leader, one of the things that I, I make sure that I do is I speak last. I allow, mm. I allow issues to go out 
and everyone else in the room to have a say so first, because one, I may have a different way of doing it that I thought of already, but I've heard other ways that'll work. Nothing the matter with agreeing with those and saying, right. I love, I love these. I think we should go there. Here's what I was going to originally say, but I think this one is, is better. So that's one way that I'm, I've found that I got good at making decisions by making decisions by being, yeah. but, but I didn't just get the opportunity to make the decisions. Someone above me had to allow me to make those decisions. Right. So as leaders, the best thing we can do is create additional leaders, right? Our job is to, to multiply effective leadership to duplicate ourselves, right? Lead well, lead others well so that they may lead others well kind of thing. So what we have to do is make sure that they're building up the reps, they're building up the callus, they are, they know how to do it, but how do you do that without totally absolving and saying, well, here it is, good luck. There still has to be control. So I, I, I think the mindset of should this be a decision that I make or should it be someone else if the mindset is, am I robbing someone else of a growth opportunity by making this decision or by not involving others in this decision, then it already makes us less about the, the me centric, right? Ego, egotistical aspect of ourselves. Yeah, right. And we play up more of that player coach, that teacher, that, yeah. that wise advisor, right? That mentor aspect of leadership to where I'm going to take, aha, I found an opportunity to give someone to make a decision where I can guide them through it, see where their instinct lies. Maybe they don't need guidance. Maybe what they need is celebration of great instinct. But when we pounce on those, no matter what our motive, we're stealing that opportunity. So for me, it's a lot of rewiring my, myself yeah. to see it as an opportunity to grow my, the people that I'm charged with growing. Like yeah. that's, that's what I look for. Totally. Totally. Well said. So a couple of key points from this are remembering why, do you default to certain ways of, of decision-making and so forth? What's your motive behind it? Another one is if, if you think about it, if fear of failure, if fear of being wrong, if lack of control are key motivators as to why you make certain decisions, I think it's important to pause and to challenge yourself to let go. I guarantee this, if fear and lack of control or, or a need of need for control, I should say, are, are consistent motivators as to why you're making certain decisions, I guarantee you, you are stifling the growth of the people that you are leading. I also can guarantee that there are many times where people are coming to you and you're becoming a bottleneck because you're the one that can only make the decisions it's no way to live and it's no way to lead. It will tire you out and you'll burn out over time. Now you may be listening and saying, Jeff, you don't know who I am. You're right. I don't, but I would challenge you. I, I really would because when, when fear, when scarcity, when control is ruling our, our decisions and our thoughts and our actions over time, that breaks either. It breaks us mentally. It breaks us emotionally it breaks the the stunt of growth of the business and the individuals. And the whole point, as you said, Richard, is leading leaders to become leaders and, and be able to build and grow for the tree, for example, and why I like that decision tree analogy. So keep that in mind, just a good gut check. And now let's go to the last framework that I like to use. It comes from uh, a book, funny enough, called Decisive from, from the Heath Brothers. They also wrote me to stick and a couple others. They're great, great authors. But there's the 10-10-10 the rule. I like this one. You know, when you are making a decision, you feel like this is something I need to make. Go through this mental model and ask yourself these three questions. 
after I make this, this decision, how will I feel in, and what will I think in 10 minutes, in 10 months, and in 10 years? So it, it helps us check the motive and the emotion because sometimes we're emotionally driven and we make a decision that in 10 minutes we go, ah, oh, that was not wise. Similar to writing that nasty email that you're frustrated about and not pushing, not pushing the send button, right? Same type of thing of like, ah, hold on that. Then in 10 months, what will that mean for the strategy and the growth of the company? And long-term, what are the long-term implications in 10 years? And when you're positive and, and really clear on your answers to all three of those, move forward. All good. But just a good, good little thing to do before you make the decision and teach people that, you know, especially as you're delegating decision-making power and, and opportunity, teach them, give them tools so that they feel more empowered and more confident in making the decisions. But I really like the simplicity and the clarity of that model. It's really helpful. Yeah, the, it, it's an amazing model. And it's, and I think it should be almost fractal, not in just that you use it and, and that you teach your people to use it, but also you should get a little, maybe uh, wear a few hats, multiple personalities, whatever. You need to look at 10, 10, 10 from yourself, right? From, from your seat, from the seat you occupy, and then look at 10, 10, 10 from the people that you've been charged to lead. Awesome. Now, I love that. Here's what I'm going to tell you. There may be times when the decision needs to be made, you need to make it. And when you look 10, 10, 10 from your seat, organizationally, fine. When you look 10, 10, 10 from the seat of a person who reports to you, you're charged to lead and grow, maybe not so fine. Not to say that it's going to alter their career trajectory, but it may alter some of the trust that they've built up. They may, may feel that you're either, you're either hoarding a decision that, that they should have been charged with making, uh, or that you're just not involving them and you're stunting their career growth. That's going to happen. That's the conflict that, that leaders are put into. And, and there's a simple, simple, not easy, simple way to fix it. Acknowledge it. Go to the person. When you put the 10, 10, 10 goggles on and you're looking, you know, in those future instances during those, those time periods about a decision, whether you need to make it or whether you need to, you know, have someone else make it. Uh, or whether in making it, it's going to maybe not be the best feeling or day for someone else. Before the decision is rolled out, you need to go to that person and you need to explain it to them. Hey, here's, here's what came up. Obviously, you know, I ultimately, the decision has been made. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of run with this. I'm going to make this decision. Now, if I'm you, I could, I could very easily say, wait a second. That should be my decision to make. And I totally understand. I went through that. And let me just explain to you why I'm going to, I'm, I think it's best that I make this one. Mm -hmm. Walk them through it. And if you only look at you and the organization, it's not, it's not wrong, but it definitely puts blinders on to just that trust, the, the feeling that people will have. And, and ultimately it starts to chip away at that relationship, at that equity, at that trust yeah. And can be the catalyst for someone leaving. So just when you are charged to making these decisions, don't do it out of a desire to be liked or popular. Do it out of common decency. Do it out of humanity. Do it out of modeling the type of leadership that you want that person to have. Whether it's in your company or another. That's where this goes from like, you're going to make really good decisions to you're going to model how other people make really good decisions and bring them along the way, supporting your decisions, even if they don't agree with it. 
That is the sign of a amazing leader. When your yeah. team will support you in the decisions that they that you have made when they do not agree with them. And For the sure. only way that that happens is communication. Truly. Well said. So well said. So let's let's wrap it up with a few last thoughts. Again, check yourself. Before you wreck yourself. Well, you I tried. know, I was, I was waiting I tried. for everybody, but I just wish I had. But check yourself. So a few things to check. Are, are we hoarding? Are we afraid of failure? Are we afraid of looking negative in any way? Just check those answers and, you know, be mindful. Also, be ready to have a decision be an ineffective decision that your teammate makes. All good. There's mm. so much learning from pain. And from some of the issues, but so often as leaders and PS as parents, we don't want the people that we are living life with to make any wrong decisions. We're, par we're, we're paranoid and petrified that they're going to make a wrong decision, especially our kids. So often the wrong decisions are the greatest teachers and they enable a much stronger foundation. So let it go sometimes. Now I, I get that sometimes there are some decisions that you may feel like will just ruin the business. I get it. And I would challenge you, they probably won't. There's typically great growth and learning and goodness that comes from bad decisions. The other thing to remind is to not let hindsight beat us up. Very often, we make a decision, we get new data post-decision, and then we say, oh, that was such a stupid decision. Why did I do that? Well, guess what? You're way more knowledgeable with more data. Don't beat yourself up. You didn't have the data. Very often, we, in the current state, criticize decisions and actions that were made in in history by the way that's a very massive topic for a cultural cool. setting and a, on a global setting but individually is what i'm talking about don't beat yourself up when you make a decision and it wasn't as effective just say what can i learn from this last thing when poor decisions are made or mistakes are made but in this context when poor decisions are made be very careful about these words who made that decision and the tone. What we're trying to do as leaders is to under, uncover what happened, but our tone very often is a fault-finding, finger-pointing tone, and it scares the living crap out of the people that, that you're leading. And very, very often, very accusatory. Yes, very often <laughs> leaders ask accusatory questions that create all sorts of. Oh no, I can't admit it. I can't acknowledge it. What's what's it doing? Not creating psychological safety and not building trust. Instead mm. of the question of, man, who made that decision and fault finding, ask the question, wow, what did we learn from that? Then it's, you, you literally see people lean in to discuss versus lean out with their ar arms closed and their eyes looking up at the ceiling. Yeah. Because they're scared, right? It's, Just learn. It's funny. It's all good. Think of it, think of it like this. Have you ever been, like, go back to your childhood. <laughs> Were you ever at a friend's house? <laughs> right. And one of their parents came in and said something like, who left this on the counter or something? And you were like, holy, oh no. Like what is about to happen? That fear right. that even right. if you didn't do it, you were just unsure as to what was going to happen. <laughs> that childhood fear that you had is what we then put onto others when we lead with a question in that way. Like, yep. Whose decision was it to make this? You might as well be your friend's big, scary dad. And totally. you're nine years old or 11 years old at their house. And maybe you did leave the Cheetos bag open on the counter. Who knows? <laughs> but you are about to just, I mean, if you could melt <laughs> under the table, you'd say you're scared to death. Right. That's right. not a place of collaborative growth. Right. 
right? So we've all had that fearful child experience. Like we all go back to that. So if you think of it like that, you'd never want to, to put that fear on someone else. I also, I love the like, what do we learn from this? Uh, I think an, another way that I've I've had success in asking a similar question or getting the same answer is like, what decision will we make now based on new data? And when we get it, go, yeah. okay, how do we make sure that we pull this data through, that, that we, we understand these so that we don't make a similar decision that was a rational decision? We, we went through a process, we made a rational decision, we took action, we had an irrational failure. Now we've identified the decision we would have made given the new data. How do we pull that data forward and what do we yeah. learn from this? So I, so I get with a more of I, I, same question, different path. Mm -hmm. So there are a ton of ways to ask it that, that I think Jeff's point is get a collaborative environment when you're acknowledging a mistake, a failure, yeah. something right. that went wrong right. instead of an accusatory everyone trying to be like, well, it definitely wasn't me. Totally. Because that's it. It was either, oh man, it's me, and do I just fall on the sword and and or slink down? And everyone else instantly goes, well, it wasn't me, right? That's not collaborative, right? Yeah, I've had I've had many leaders that have done that unintentionally. That meaning, who made that decision? And it it's interesting. It makes the room dumb. We yeah. just we just weren't our best selves, and. I, I reflected my leadership and said, man, when have I done that? And I have, when have I done that with my kids? Oh man, I've done that. And I'm, I'm intentionally trying to, to lead in a way that is more around learning and discovery and excitement mm. of that. And when we do that, we, our best selves show up and the most brilliant part of our brains are the ones that are engaged. Otherwise, but you do that every time now, right, Jeff? Oh, I'll, never, because I'm perfect. Never falter. Yeah, yeah, oh, totally. Absolutely. Totally perfect. Yeah. Cause that's how we roll. <laughs> I'll tell you my worst self when that shows up, I hurl these passive aggressive, like that's why I asked us to do this. That's why I said this. Well, if we would have like I, whatever, and it is, I hear myself saying it and I'm like, oh. boy, you are just a piece of work. <laughs> like you would want to punch you. Right. And, right. and I, it's, you know, when, so when my worst self shows up, it's that, and boy, that's not collaborative at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. So when one, when you hear this, there it is, like put it out there, tell your team, Hey, when I show up like this, call me out on it. Cause there, there's power there and trust mm -hmm. and everything else. But, but no, you know what, you're going to get it right sometimes. And those are, that's when you should acknowledge it. Like don't stop in the, in the meeting or whatever you're doing and, and, and literally acknowledge yourself, but acknowledge that, you know what? That's the way I should have handled that. Like yeah. you know, leadership win, but know that you're going to get it wrong too. You're going right. to show up with either your finger pointing or passive aggressive or, you know, angry face, whatever it is, you're going to show up that way. Acknowledge it after it's over yep. apologize, move forward. Totally. So don't hear this thinking like, oh, I can never default to that. Well, one, yes, right. you can. You right. absolutely can. It's called reps. Two, you're still going to screw up, even if you default to this, if this is your right. default state. And that's okay as long as you're a good human. Apologize. Acknowledge that you screwed up. Try to be better. Totally. totally. That's it. Yep. Awesome. Love it. So good. So hopefully there, there is an action or two that you can apply here. Hopefully there's a framework you can use some, something to help elevate your game. Because once again, we're here to help you become ready to lead every day. That's, that's why we, why we do this. We love leadership. We love the growth. It's the summitless mountain 
this thing called leadership. We're never going to arrive. Richard and I are, are far from that summit and that's okay. And that's actually exciting because there's always something new to learn. There's always something new to apply. Please go apply, go do. Uh, we'd lo love to hear from you as well and what you're doing and how you're applying this. And for the benefit of those you lead, let's continue to, to grow and learn and grow and, and be our best selves together. So thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for applying. Thank you for leading. When I started with happy leading, and happy leadership. It's just, it's a fun thing. It doesn't have to be arduous and a big burden. We can do it with a lot of joy and with a smile on our face. It sounds super cheesy, I know, and Richard's probably vomiting in his mouth, but that's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Happy no leadership. vomit here. I agree. <laughs> happy leadership. Take what you've learned. Look at your, look at the decisions you're, you're holding on to, especially the ones that have been there a while. Ask where there's an opportunity for growth. Love it. Today's the day. Thank you for joining us, Jeff. Thank you for all the knowledge you shared. And I hope that you join us next time because we'll do it all over again. Till then, talk soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Ready to Lead show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to stay updated on the release of new episodes, be sure to hit that follow button. And Jeff and Richard, they want to hear from you. If there's an episode topic you'd like to hear them dive into or something about today's episode that was a big breakthrough, or maybe even something you disagree with, they want to know, send them an email at feedback at readytolead.com. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. We'll see you on the next one.